Welcome to the Break the Stigma podcast, where each episode, we focus on raising awareness and debunking the negative stigma behind mental health. All right. Hello, everyone. Hi. I'm Angel. I'm Kiana. And this is the Breaking Breaking the the Stigma stigma podcast. That's what it's called. Yes. Um, So I thought of this idea for a podcast and I wanted my lovely friend Kiana here to be my co-host because uh, one, she's going to be my roommate next semester in college. So it would just be a lot easier. And two, because (laughs) she's kind of like my only friend on campus. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, because I have like other friends on campus, but we aren't like as close knit. Me and Kiana, like we have a vibe. Yes. Vibe. We vibe together. We're vibe. both messed up. Yeah. Mentally. <laughs> yeah. In the head. In the in the noggin here. Yes. <laughs> so we, uh, how we met. You want to explain how we met? Sure. Um, I, fr- I started college in the spring semester of last year. And while she was away, um, our, our mutual friend was like, oh, um, I have a friend that's, that goes to Montclair. She's coming out of residential. And I was like, yay. Okay, <laughs> eating disorder friend. Because <laughs> literally, I didn't know anyone on campus at the time that like was struggling with it, and it was my first semester, so it was great to like go in and like have a friend. Um, yeah, and then I met Angel. Yeah, and uh, whenever like the first day I got back from residential, I like was really needing like someone to like be there as like a support buddy, but then also like an accountability partner because I was still like engaging in some behaviors that like I was mm-hmm. working on in res. And so it was really great to like have each other to like back up on yeah that <laughs> like someone who like could truly understand what like your brain's going through. It's not like uh, why aren't you eating or like yeah exactly. Like I have some friends that like I tell them like I have certain trigger foods or like if they're making something, I'm like oh sorry, like it's a trigger food, and they're like what the fuck is a trigger food? <laughs> exactly, like <laughs> it's a food that I can't eat. Yes. and it's just like it's annoying to like have to like, explain yourself constantly. Yeah. To people. So that's mm-hmm. why I like having someone that actually, because like I can easily just like give you a look and then like you can know like oh, what's what struggle busting right now. Yeah. 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 That's definitely been like a, a, a one of the best things about having, you know, you as a friend and meeting you. So hashtag thanks, Morgan. <laughs> thanks, Morgan. If you're watching this, love you. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, also, let's talk about the fact that we're wearing matching shirts right oh, now. Oh, yes. Uh, you can cop these shirts on sweetandsourmiracles.com. Uh, editing Angel. Just put it, put it right there at the bottom. Okay, cool. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk to myself in the future. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're both matching uh, for, uh, I don't know what I was about to say. Um, <laughs> I have more sh- shirts like this on the website. Yeah. Um, I also have podcast t-shirts on the website if you want to. And uh, 10% of all proceeds go to the American Foundation for mm-hmm. Suicide Prevention. Yes, which is super important because we got to prevent that. Prevent suicide. Yes. In our youth. Yeah, it's super important because, you know, we both. We, we both. both. <laughs> we both have been through that struggle too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So leading into that, do you want to talk about um, how mental health has personally impacted your life? Well, yeah. Um Everyone's like, what if I said, like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Stop asking me questions. No. I'm not doing the podcast anymore. Yeah. Uh. But um, for about, like, the past 10 years, mental health has been 
or depression um, and then later on um, eating disorders um, have been such a struggle in my life. And it started out from like a young age, around 10, because family crisis, my parents got separated um, and there's just a lot of tension going on there. And it just never, never fully resolved itself and ended up getting worse. I think the tipping point is when I, around 11-ish, 12, I started self-harming. And that would be like an everyday thing, sometimes multiple times a day, like I would wake up and be like, oh, I am, I, I need, I need it. Time to mutilate yes. myself. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> no, but uh, that's, that's when it just became like apparent that like, wow, I am not doing well at all. And it just still continued for, throughout the years. For a decade now. Yeah. Over a decade now. Yeah. I can't math. <laughs> I can't math. <laughs> I was literally, um, it, like, I remember it started around January of, like, 2011, and this, this year, I was like, it's, it's my anniversary. It, it's my decade anniversary of being fucked up. <laughs> yes, I am not better, and I'm still alive. Still alive, sadly. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think for me, um, I also started self-harming around the same time. I've been in therapy, like, on and off also since I was around that age, and mm. um, I had, like, an issue where, like, my mom would take me out of therapy because she thought that I didn't need it. And I was, like, so young, so I didn't, like, know how to explain to her. Like, no, mom, like, I want to kill myself. I need therapy. Yeah, right. Um, so I think, like, the hardest part for me was, like, not having anyone around me that knew what I was going through. So, like, I was just kind of, like, alone in my own head and, like, trapped in a sense. And, like, I wanted to, like, be crying for help, but, like, no one was listening. Well, I just got really deep there. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, you know, this is what this is for, this space. This episode I'm actually calling um, Getting Comfortable with the Uncomfortable. So, boom, there we go. That just yeah. made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And I can totally relate to, like, the feeling of no one. I'm a, I'm a quadruplet, so I have three other people my age living life normally uninhibited by like those crushing dark feelings so yeah none of them are fucked up well now they are oh good yeah. <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> so you have someone to relate to <laughs> yeah well my sister definitely has her struggles um my brothers are you know they're coasting by a little bit yeah i feel like with boys it's always like if well, even if a boy is struggling like, they're gonna make it the least bit known possible because they have the mindset like boys can't cry i know um especially with my brother um kyle he has that mentality and and like i can tell he's struggling because i've known him all of our lives yeah but like outside people will be like oh he's just being kyle no, like no there's something wrong but he's not gonna say yeah unless exactly. you like force him and it's like annoying too because even with like relationships like um i have a boyfriend and in uh my relationship like even if i like i know he's upset and I ask him, I'm like, what's wrong? Talk to me. Like, you can open up. And then he's like, uh, nothing's wrong. Like, nothing's wrong. And oh he's God. always, like, literally trying to convince me nothing's wrong. And I'm like, I know you like the back of my hand. Like, you need to stop bullshitting me. Right? Exactly. And then it takes, like, a few tries and then he eventually tells me. But I feel like it's just a thing, like, with boys that they, like, I don't know. Maybe it's something with their testosterone levels. Yeah. <laughs> testosterone <laughs> equals no feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, there's definitely, and that also, breaking the stigma, there's definitely ugh, an annoying stigma around men and dealing with mental illness. So, yeah, like, exactly. they have to hide it. Yeah. Or, or they sometimes they feel like they have to hide it. Yeah, it's definitely because, especially since society's put this, like, thing on boys that, like, they can't cry. They have to be the tough ones. Or, like, whenever a guy's crying, like, 
the dads or like the men in their life are always like, don't be like a girl. Yeah. And so then toughen that, up. Man. Yeah. So then that makes it seem like they're associating girls with weakness and guys with toughness. So that like, so that's, I feel like that's why boys automatically grow up thinking they're superior to girls because they grew up hearing, don't be like a girl, don't be weak. Mm-hmm. So they grew up thinking that boys are weak and they need to be like Strong. macho. Yeah. Yeah. Like sensitivity has like become like a weakness for guys. Yeah, exactly. And it's like stupid because everyone has emotions. Every human has feelings, no matter what sex you are. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, but yeah. But that's that's unfortunate for guys do you think like being uh quadruplet like made it harder growing up with like your eating disorder especially because you just always had three other siblings that you were constantly compared to oh definitely even before like mental illness even was a part of my life there's always been this, this comparison game with my um with my siblings like oh you're shorter than everyone else or um you're a little bit heavier. Um, and then with um, a- academic stuff, um, I was always pit against my, against my brother Kyle um, because we're, my other siblings have like, uh, what are they called? Learning. Learning disabilities. disabilities. Yeah. So, and me and my brother didn't. So of course that meant that like inherently we were smarter, which is no way the case. Yeah. Cause they're, my other two siblings are smart as hell. Um, but there was always this competition to be the best. And when the outs- outer pressure stopped, because as we got older, my parents learned that that wasn't the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. The inner pressure just like ramped up and that definitely contributed to my eating disorder because I had to be the best. Yeah, and I think that that's also something with like different personality disorders. Like for me, I have borderline mm-hmm. and in my mind, it's always like black or white. Like there's never a gray area or any in between. So like, I'm either the worst person alive or I'm God. <laughs> like there's never an in between. So uh, with me, whenever I was like compared to someone, it was either like, it wasn't ever like, you're just like a little worse at math than them. It was just like, I am horrible at math and I am an incompetent human. Or yeah. if someone was like, oh my gosh, like you got a 2% higher grade than this person. I was like, I am a God compared to you. Like it was never- <laughs> Bowed down at my feet. Yeah, exactly. Like, how did how did um i guess learning that you had a develop um uh sorry personality disorder kind of impact the way you were thinking because before then it's like this is it like this is how i think there's no there's no reason why but then you discover there's a reason why how did that impact it Actually, I think it was definitely beneficial for me to get the diagnosis. A lot of people say that they like don't like labels or like that the label makes them uncomfortable. But for me, it like made me feel better because it put a reason on it, like you said. Mm-hmm. So like I think because before I literally didn't know why I was acting the way I was. I just thought that I was like a bad kid because that's what I was labeled as by like teachers, my parents. Like I was labeled like uh, like being difficult or like I would just act out, like just be a bad kid. Mm -hmm. And I think once I finally got that diagnosis, everything in my past made sense. Like even when I went to residential and my therapist there, like we worked on talking through a lot of my past trauma and she was able to like spark off a bunch of light bulbs in my brain. Like, oh, that's why I did that because I have a personality disorder, not because I wanted to hurt that other person's feelings or not because I wanted to be an asshole to these other kids. It was because I had like a chemical imbalance 
in I, my brain. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I know there's, a, there's like this huge stigma about um, B, personality disorders, but like BPD in, um, in particular. And I cannot wait until we get to that episode of when we like talk about that and delve into, delve into that more because I feel like that sneak needs peek. Sneak peeks. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be um, talked about because people with BBT, BBD, BPD and other personality disorders are not bad people, you know? Yeah. They just had life experiences that caused them to develop this way of thinking. Yeah. And I think something that people also don't know, I'm not going to go too into it because obviously we have an entire episode planned for it, but a lot of people don't know that every single, I don't want to say every single person, but like 98% of people that have BPD, it develops from having some sort of trauma in their past life, the past life, (laughs) in their past. Um, And so people don't realize that. And so if you're calling someone with BPD a bad person, like they can't control that they had trauma, they can't control that they were assaulted or that they witnessed bad things happen. And that's what made their brain develop differently. Like it's Mm -hmm. not their fault and people that are like people with BPD are such bad people are making it seem like it's their fault and just adding to that stigma yeah there's definitely like I you having BPD and having like other people have in my life like just have BPD I kind of have to discern like what who you are and like what your brain is telling you to do you know yeah um like you thought that I hated you, yeah. Because black and white, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, that's not, that's not Angel, because yeah. I, I love Angel. <laughs> um, that's BPD, <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like with the black and white thinking, like I just like if someone doesn't respond to my text, aka you, she's horrible at responding. So bad, the worst messages. <laughs> and so when she doesn't reply to my text, either a, I think she's dead. Or B, I think that she hates me. And it's literally nothing in between those two options. So (laughs) then I have to like spam her or I'm like overthinking in my brain. Like, oh, she hates me. What did I do? Like, did I do something to make her not like me? Or Mm -hmm. I think that you're like dead somewhere because I've had that stare (laughs) a few times. Yeah, that's been a real trauma for you. (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know what I would do without you. So do not kill yourself. Oh, please. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without you either. We have a pact. <laughs> yes, we, we have a slightly morbid but, like, very effective pact. That neither of us are allowed to kill, kill each other. <laughs> kill ourselves. <laughs> We're not allowed to kill each other. Oh, no. man, I really wanted to kill her today. We're not allowed to commit homicide or suicide. <laughs> yes. This is so dark. I, feel, I hope no, like, police officer is watching this and they, like, come to our house. I'm like, knock, knock. Hmm, you're going to kill people? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I don't have HI, I just have SI. <laughs> I'm gonna go to, um, oh my gosh, in um, PHP, do they do the thing with you where they're like, uh, rate your um, homicidality? No. <laughs> Whenever I was in PHP, you had to rate your suicidality and homicidality, and me and the other patients would like try to fuck with them and be like, um, 10 out of 10 homicidal. <laughs> and then the clinician would have to be like, do you want to kill someone? <laughs> it was the funniest thing, to just fuck with them. Oh no! I well no. This one that I'm at, that I'm at currently, they don't do that. But I've had like DVD programs that ask that every day, and I'm just like, no, yeah, no, I don't want to. Anyone besides me, but like I'm not a person, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a real person. I just exist in the background of everyone else's life. That's yes, how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel too. Yeah. and it's it's almost sad. Like, oh, you should you should be in the limelight. But yeah, exactly. No, I'm like a background character. 
But then I also go back and forth. Like there's sometimes where I'm like, I am the only human in the entire world and the universe revolves around me. Or I'm a nobody and I deserve to rot in hell. <laughs> like, again, no in between. I just have no distinction of like right or wrong. It's just always like the really, really good way or the really, really bad way. And I never like, you know. So I, wait, have you ever done DPD before? Yeah, I have. Marshall yeah. Lenahan hashtag. But um, yes. <laughs> so learning about those things, because I know she made it specifically for like personality disorders. Did, yeah. did that, those things help? It depends. So like Dear Man is something that really helps. Um, I think Angel put what Dear Man means on the screen. Um, <laughs> Dear Man really helps me a lot because I cannot do conflict whatsoever. Um, no. it just, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. So whenever I'm like in a conflict situation, like in my brain, like the only thing that's going on is describe, express, assert, <laughs> reinforce. Like that's the only thing that's going on in my brain. Uh. And I just like resort back to that. That's why I saw your, um, Fins the post and you were like, whoever decides to do PHP on Saturday means a dear man. <laughs> I know, because I went posting that, I'm like, you know, you know, like, <laughs> what would your dear man be to that person? What would you describe me? Um, I have to go there from 12 to 7 and already for throughout the week. And then you want me to wake up even earlier to get there at nine to leave at three. Um, wait, describe, I would like, and then assert, <laughs> I would like to not have to do Saturday <laughs> PHP. And then reinforce. If I don't have to do Saturday <laughs> PHP, I will follow my meal plan completely. Wink, wink. I can't <laughs> wink. You I, know, like the, the cartoon when they're like really dramatic about it? <laughs> I can't do it. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Can you wink? <laughs> I look, I look like I'm, I'm like, a yeah, I was going to say it looks like I'm shitting, but like <laughs> shitting. Is that how you look when you're shitting? Now that I think about it, I have to like, I have to like, now, now I'm thinking about it. I have to, next time I shit, I'm going to record myself. Yeah, next time you shit, record it and send it to me. Okay. Not the shit part, just your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I promise I won't like, you know, show it to you. Yeah, I don't really want to see it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that's something that I would, would want to show either. Okay, good. As long as we're on the same page. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page about that. So we're going to take a short break and then we're going to, you know, have some water, go over our notes, regroup, and then we will come back. Dunna, dunna. Dunna, dunna. Hey guys, it's Angel and Kiana from Break the Stigma Podcast. And we're here to tell you how easy it is to start a podcast with Anchor. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Pod Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back. Yes. Hello. Hello again. Uh, we just wanted to get some water real quick, regroup. Mm -hmm. um, why we want to say like how we're feeling, how the first episode's going so far? Yeah, I'm super excited for this. Like I woke up like oh, podcast day, yeah. um, and I think it's going pretty well so far. Yeah, me too. I woke up at like eight a.m. I was so excited. I came down here and like set everything up because I was so excited. <laughs> and then my mom and dad were like, "When's Kiana getting here? When's Kiana getting here?" Um, and I was like telling him, she's going at noon, we're going to do the podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm like really happy with how this is coming out. I thought mm -hmm. it would be like harder to like 
keep a conversation going, but we're, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, we're doing we're doing good. <laughs> I think it helps to like pretend the camera's not there and just pretend that we're having a normal conversation because if I like were to stare into the camera, Hello. I wouldn't be able to like focus on like what we're doing. Right. Yes. Yeah. I like I go back and forth between looking at you and looking at the camera. Yeah, I don't want to do this either. Like I don't want to make it seem like I'm staring at you the whole episode, <laughs> and I don't want to stare at the camera the whole episode, so I'm kind of just like. <laughs> I, I feel that yeah <laughs> okay so on the break we discussed um what the rest of this podcast should like look like what should we talk about and we decided um how you know how like there's comments of um using like mental health disorders as like a joke kind of yeah um what's the biggest one that you know shakes you up i think for me definitely the biggest one is when someone says like that they're having a mood swing and that they're bipolar because i grew up like my dad has bipolar i struggled with bipolar and so just hearing someone say that a simple mood swing equals bipolar like they're on their period and pmsing and that equals bipolar that pisses me off so much because Mm it's way more than just like happy sad like there's so much in between there's like rage there's like impulsivity that like you can't even like describe to people Mm -hmm. it's all the ups and downs and in betweens it's not just like happy one second sad next and i feel like that's why the stigma is so important to break right now because so many people just have false views of what mental illness is and i feel like with this podcast we can Mm -hmm. explain to them what they actually are and hopefully we can like minimize those amount of comments from the ignorant people right what about you i think mine well, go, I remember, like, uh, maybe it was last year a few or a few months ago, but there is, um, like, Kim Kardashian, like, posted, like, um, she's 120 pounds, and, like, yeah. and then I think her sister's, like, oh, you look anorexic, and it's, like, oh, thank you. Like, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. I That's horrible. Yeah, I, um, I saw that, um, and I just got so annoyed. Yeah. Like, no, that's not that's not a fashion trend. It's not like a diet. It's a debilitating. (laughs) No, literally like it's something you deal with every day. It's not just like, oh, I'm like gonna skip breakfast and now I'm anorexic. Like, no, it's like something that like it sticks with you throughout every single meal of every single day of every single second of your life. Mm. It's not just like a, what going off of that though, you know, on TikTok when like a really like skinny pretty girl is doing a TikTok dance and like half the comments are like, well, guess I'm not eating today. I'm gonna starve myself oh. after this. It makes me so mad because like skinny, like skinny shaming isn't as bad as fat shaming in my opinion. Um, I, but like they, they still have insecurities. Like skinny people can still be insecure and seeing a million comments of people saying they're not gonna eat because of you, like that's horrible. Like, yeah. you, like I mean, with me, I have a fucked up brain. So if someone called me skinny and that they didn't wanna eat because of me, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. So you think I'm skinny? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> knowing you would definitely like fuel that whole eating sort of side of you. But like for someone that, and again with that too, like you don't know if they're struggling with an eating disorder. So if you're saying something in the comments like "I'm not going to eat because of you," what if they actually have an eating disorder and you're just fueling that more? And you can be the reason that that leads them to like hospitalization because they tip the edge mm-hmm. of like starving themselves to meet because they think that the comments are true, that they're skinny, and then that fuels their brain, like, yes, I want to be skinny, and then they just keep going. Mm-hmm. Kills them. Yeah. Um, it, and even 
on like the flip side, like I'm heavier, um, but I wasn't always. So seeing those comments and like, wait, so should I be joining along with that? Because right now I'm not like my thickness is not quote unquote acceptable. Um, yeah, and even like the like those cultural things are deeply ingrained in like ev almost everything that I do. Yeah, when, like when I'm walking out, I'm like, okay, this group of girls are staring at me because <laughs> I have an, uh, I have um, like something extra. If I'm wearing something that I think is confident, and I get stares, um, or I wear something and I feel confident, and I get stares, I'm like, okay, no, they're seeing everything now because now I'm pointing out all my flaws because. And then I like turn it on to them, but they're doing it to me, but I'm really doing it to me. Yeah, exactly. Like you're internalizing what's not, cause like when people are looking at you, they could be like complimenting you in their mind, but in your mind, you're gonna think that they're insulting you. Yes. You don't like, that's like the automatic, like they're staring at me, I must look bad. Instead of like, they could be looking at you because it's like, wow, I like her outfit. I should ask her where it's from. Cause like I've gotten that before, like where I saw someone staring at me for like a solid four minutes and mm -hmm. like I got really insecure and then they came up to me we were in like a Burger King line and they came up to me and they were like, I'm sorry. Like, I just really want to know where your leggings are from. And I was like, Oh, I <laughs> said that four minutes ago before I started overthinking my entire life and my existence. Like, Oh God. But that's on bullying for me though. <laughs> yeah. I bully myself more than other people bully me though. I think growing up, like I was bullied a lot. So then I just learned how to like bully myself. Yeah. So like I, they can't tell me something that I don't already know. Yeah. It's like the hurt hurt them before they hurt me minds wait hurt myself before they hurt me yeah type of thing i think that's also where like self-harming comes in like with the oh. with a control factor mm -hmm. um because like even if someone isn't like physically saying things that are hurtful to you you like think that they are and then you internalize that and then you hurt yourself physically because you're hurting mentally mm -hmm. at least that's how i try to describe self-harm to people that don't understand like they don't they're like well how is that going to help you and it's like it's not helping it's just making the pain because I feel like mental pain is a lot worse than physical pain. I agree. So like doing physical pain to yourself makes it easier on the mental pain. That is one of the motives behind my self-harm. But the other one is I just, cause sometimes, especially when I'm in those like high stress areas, my brain goes from this to this, like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. I just need like some, some quiet. Um, and I feel like in those moments of self-harm, um, there's quiet, but then right after it's like, back it just comes back and like screaming. Yeah, exactly. Which is not, <laughs> which is why it's not helpful Yeah, exactly. or in the long run, you know? Yeah. Like it's like a instant gratification thing. Like you need quiet, like right then that it works. And it's also like an adrenaline rush. Let's oh. do it. Like yeah. if you're like, even if you're completely numb and you just, that's why people say like, they just want to feel something. Like if you're really numb and you do it, it's like you get that burst of adrenaline through your body. And then mm -hmm. it's like a, like it relaxes you in like a weird way. Like that's why it's so addicting, I feel like, cause it's like a drug. Oh yeah, yeah. And I wish it wasn't because yeah. the ugly scars to prove it. They're not ugly. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to say they're- You're supposed to say they're beautiful. Yeah, they're battle scars. They're battle scars. I'm my over tiger warrior scars. I've overcome, but honestly, some people like, I, I, I commend them for having that mindset. Maybe I'm not there yet, but right now I just wish I just want to cover them with tattoos. What do you think about people saying that people self-harm for attention? Oh my God, I've gotten that. Um, and I hate it. Yeah. Because I, I, that's the last thing I want attention for. 
you know, I, I, it could self-harm. You get like a, like a black dot on you saying like, okay, you're weird. Like you do things that are not yeah. what other people do. Um, so it's definitely not an attention thing. Uh, I don't, not a lot of people that I've met and like show off their scars. It's, most it's most of the time hidden yeah because it's like a shame thing like you're not proud of it like it's something like you do and immediately after you're like i'm ashamed of myself yeah exactly i definitely felt that shame for a long time like even um i quit for a long period of time and i would still wear long sleeve shirts and all that stuff just to hide the scars and now um i don't actively do it every i do it every once in a while which is a uh, progress yeah it's yeah. drastic drastic difference um but i just i can't you know let that shame make me hide my arms or like yeah, hide exactly. my legs and like you shouldn't be forced to wear a hoodie in the summer just because other people like aren't knowledgeable and they're ignorant about what's going on you know <laughs> sonic yeah one time you want to talk about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we went to sonic um just to you know eat food eat food like the anorexics we are <laughs> hey i'm bulimic uh so stop no but yeah we went to sonic and uh, the woman i was in the driver's seat she was getting like the money for me and she looks down at my arms and it was like september like hot or maybe even august i don't know yeah but so i wasn't wearing long sleeves and she was like are you okay and I, at first i didn't know what she was talking about because like my brain was not like <laughs> yeah. focused on my scars and i'm like yeah and then wait, i don't remember what she did after that but i just remember i just remember her asking if i was okay and then afterwards when i realized that she was talking about my scars just feeling so self-conscious and i was sweating and my heart was like racing yeah. and I'm like because like i get that like she probably just said like genuinely didn't know because like she was asking if you were okay she wasn't like pointing it out deliberately i think she just thought that she was just like being helpful but you're not supposed to point out just like you don't no. point out someone's acne. Like, oh my yeah. God, do you wash your face? Like, like you're not supposed to point things out like that to people. And I feel like like she was a whole adult. Like she was at yes. least 25 or something. Yeah. Like it's very self-explanatory. You don't point out those certain things about people. There's certain areas of people's body. You shouldn't comment on people's bodies. What I <laughs> yeah. But like there's definitely certain things that you just, it's like a definite yeah, no. Exactly. And I think the that like the whole you're doing it for attention part is the reason why I started doing it like on my thighs because I was so scared of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what pisses me off a lot too because people don't account for those that don't do, like everyone thinks that like everyone that cuts does it on their arm and places where it's visible, but like there's people that do it like on their stomach, on their thigh, like mm -hmm. things like that. And people don't acknowledge that. And so when they say like you're doing it for attention, like they're if I was doing it for attention, wouldn't I do it somewhere where you could see it? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. So I think that the whole attention thing is what led me to hide it more because I didn't want people to say that because then it would just make me angry. Yeah, that's how I was um, when I, in the beginning, I did it on my arms and then I was like, oh, no, we're going to say stuff. So then I did it on my thighs. And then at one point I just didn't care. Yeah. I wish I, I can't go back and I wish I cared a little bit more, but that's, you know, that was my journey. I didn't, I didn't really have a lot. Of, I still really don't have a lot of self-love, but. Well, I love you. And I love you. Oh my gosh, we have like, we don't love each other. We don't love each other. <laughs> we don't love each I was going to say, we don't love ourselves, but we love each other to make up for it. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could see what you see when you when you look at me, you know? It's the same. Yeah, it's like, you know the one SpongeBob episode where uh, they switch eyes? They switch eyes. 
need to clean your eye sockets. That's what you need to do. Oh, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what needs to happen. I'm going to put that clip in here and I'm going to laugh at myself until I piss because that's all. The... So my eyes aren't deceiving me. <laughs> I'm not into SpongeBob as much as Angel, if you can tell by the lack of laughter. <laughs> you got to watch it. It's especially fun to watch when you're. Oh, yes. Because, you know. I feel like all cartoons are a lot more fun to watch when you're high. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want to watch. Um, I've never watched SpongeBob High. You've never watched SpongeBob High? No. We gotta do that now. Okay. We gotta do that after this is over. What time is it at? It's at thirteen. Oh shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> look at that. We got we talked a lot and it went it went a little bit over. So, um. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Yes, thank um, you. A lot. I hope that um, this taught you something. And if you already knew this, I hope you can relate to it. And I hope that it makes you feel less alone in things that you're struggling with, because that's truly what we aspire to do with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. Yeah. Any final words? <laughs> yeah, just uh, for me, I would love to like hear a group of like girls in their 20s who like, knew what was going on from like teenage years and yeah i definitely i definitely would have benefited from having a show like this growing up like it probably would have prevented me from going through what i did so yeah i'm yeah. hoping that that's what we can do for yeah maybe there's we tots watching this <laughs> i hope not <laughs> i hope not either but, i'll put 13 plus as a restriction yeah that would be perfect <laughs> yeah. all right well bye guys thanks bye. for tuning in thanks guys